8.38 and the documentary we're talking about is called Music Is My Life. Mpumi Mbele is the director of the documentary focusing on archives and interviews and really looking at the life of the late Dr. Joseph Shabalala who was the founder of Ladysmith Black Mombasa. Mpumi, thanks so much for joining us. Mpumi? Oh, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on Father's Day. What a profound day to talk about <laughs> Vapshavalad. Absolutely. Wow, I didn't even think of it like that. You know, Mpumi, one of the things that, that struck me as I was watching the documentary was there's someone asks the question in the documentary, like, what is Istatamir? And, and I thought, well, it is, it's so many things. And it it really struck me that this is this really strange mix of kind of what sounds like a gospel, but also has a highly theatrical uh, alignment to it as a musical form. And I wondered, was that perhaps what made it, just hooked it into the imaginations of people globally? What What was your take on that? I think it's true. I mean, also... Don't forget, I mean, the, the inception of it was these black men in pain. Yeah. Um, most of them were minors, and they were, like, uprooted from their homes to go and work in big cities, and they would, like, literally miss their kids, miss their wives. So, mm. And they won't have a space to be expressful of, like, that pain. So... After having a couple of drinks, the only thing that they could do is to write these letters. So Fatamir started as as men's therapy, if you call it like that, in mm. modern day society, because it was men at hostels singing about their pains, singing about their their loved ones that they can't be able to go home to because they came to the city thinking they're working for them, but the money that is not enough to go back every weekend. So now they end up having to leave end of the month or end of the year, you know. So that's that was the inception of it. But then it, it started getting influenced by even other elements of different music, you know. And I mean, you've got people that will take it to the next level. So you had uh, the Manhattan Brothers, you mm. had... Um, um, then Bab Shabalala came into the fore and we take you through that with the documentary that he realized that there's another level to this, you know. He brought himself, he brought the dressing and he brought the other level of it. Yeah. So I think I think most people globally see it um because it's the root of it, it's men singing about their pain. You know, even when when we're doing this film, I went to Togoza um yes. like a couple of months ago, Togoza hostel. And it was so amazing to be in that space, hearing the current generation of men singing about their pain, but a different format of pain, because obviously now they can drive home back, but singing about like the current issues, like the women abuse and all those things. And it was just amazing that this music is still like preserved, and but talks about the current issues that are affecting society. You know, Mpumi, there's so many different angles that you, you've taken, and incredibly beautifully, I might add, on on this documentary that raised lots of thoughts for me and questions. The one idea I was thinking about, you spoke of 
the dressing of how people dressed as part of the Istatamir, I'll put this in it, choirs in inverted commas. And it started, it reminded me of, of the swankers um, uh, it's in, in those competitions. And then I thought a bit further afield and I was thinking of the sapeurs in the DRC and how mm. they also dressed up. And it, so there was so much about loss, as you say, because this is where I am far, far away from my family. But this is who I am, a gentleman and how I dress, etc. Yes, and I'm still so proud of who I am. Look at me, I can be so so beautiful. I can look so nice, even although I wear these dirty overalls 90% of my life. But just on this particular day, I can just look as beautiful. And I hope my wife or my kids could see this person that I am. Yeah. One of the things that you highlight as well in the film, and you you take us back to uh, Joseph Shabalala's youth, and it really is quite marvelous the way you talk to this this young boy who goes to church with his aunt, but also does learns so much from that that experience. It must have been quite something to because you didn't have archival footage of that, but then you managed to find to create, let's say, create footage which just worked so beautifully with the documentary. Talk to us about that 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 part of the story. Thank you. Um, yes, I mean, it's very hard, and I mean, it's been a, it, it has been a challenge. That, that's been one of the biggest challenges, because I didn't want to create, I didn't want to do quite a lot of recreations of Bab Shabalala, because mm. I felt like it, it would just won't do justice to, to the story. Um, I wanted realistically to for people to feel him, to feel his presence into the film. I always feel like the recreation sometimes, you can feel that that's not the real person and you don't really connect to the character, you know, like really, really connect to them. So when we went to the landscapes of where he was born and spent so much time with the family and they took us even to, to the church that the family used yeah. to go to when he was young, uh, funny enough, uh, his uh, grand grand grandchild was there and uh, the boy in the I in wondered the, in the yeah. home, you know. And yeah. so it just and I'd written this that like we'll have a boy that's gonna be him and he's gonna walk with this uncle or auntie to get into the church, but then that boy didn't pitch. So then this young boy who's like his great grandchild just yeah. ended up being part of it and that's just like oh, how brilliant. spiritually just connected to this you know and yeah. now when you look at it you feel you feel the presence some i mean some people have even said is that him and they're like no, no, no it's <laughs> not him you know it's like it's a recreation but that's his great grandchild i i wondered about that because it felt incredibly poignant and and very intimate as well which was really quite marvelous you know, you, you do really pick up on this extraordinarily brilliant man. And um, there's one really interesting moment in, in the film. Um, and I don't know if it's, it's a Spanish song or an Italian song where it's, it's on a tape and he's just playing the tape backwards and forwards. And he literally just picks it up and turns it into something else. Yeah. Um, um. No, I'm, ahead, I'm not. Sorry. I'm not sure if you can remember that moment. 
Yeah, I remember eating every part yeah, of, of the film. It's been four years on it. So, yeah. I know, sorry, like sorry, I don't, I, don't, I don't mean it like that. I don't mean it like that. No, 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 but just, I, I get just joking, yeah. But while I'm just, but while I'm, while I was watching, I just thought, jeez, this guy's a freaking genius. Um, yeah. you, you really do get a sense of just how freaking, yeah, what a genius he was with what he did. Yes, and, and and it's like those moments because we we, we had so much so much of um, of of stuff that we could uh, put into the film. You know, mm. I mean, we discovered uh, I had to rewrite so many treatments because at some point we, we we discovered so much of the music that he never mm. released. You know, and then then there was like also so many VHS tapes. Um, and when I started watching them, that particular one, it was very sure. interesting because you, it, I'm so glad you picked that up because you, you see the genius, you see yeah. the genius because he takes the Spanish famous song and then he starts singing it and he tells, he directs his band, the entire yep. Mambazo, how they should sing it and how it comes out. It comes out completely different. Yeah, you know? exactly. And uh, we put it at the end, uh, towards the end of the film, just as a reminder to say, listen, look at the genius this man was. Yeah. You know? And I'm so glad you picked that up. It's, it's an extraordinary little moment. You know, what you've done is, and I, I was thinking a lot about how critical archives are and archival footage. And I suppose we have to applaud Gallo and in specific Rob Allingham for for saving and securing much of that material. But it does remind us how important it is to to archive our history. Was it a, was it a mission? Did you did you really have to go digging around to try and find that kind of material? Um interestingly enough, not so much because Bab Shabalala he, he was just you know, he was such a genius. Like it's unbelievable the kind of a man this man was you know uh like i'm saying there's there's so much audio tape that he just recorded himself almost every day almost every day and he's got quite a lot of vhs tapes uh but most of them he doesn't own them and then most of them also they were not well kept so they they got destroyed so uh accessing archives was hard and still a bit even now there's still some some issues with some archives because of just like also the expense it's so sad as south africans we don't own most of our archives so it's owned by international platforms and the money that we end up having to pay is so unbelievable so accessing finding archives was not so hard but the the payment for the archive yeah, yeah it's just it's so un, unbelievable. And I mean, there's so much that I still would have liked to use, but due to the financial constraints, we wouldn't be able to. But um, I mean, Carolyn Carew did an amazing job to negotiate. She's the producer of the film, did an amazing job to negotiate and find ways for us to be able to access the amount of archives we, we managed to access. In closing, Mpumi, um, it's quite close to the beginning of the documentary. There's, 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 he's quoted as saying, or he says it, um, which I found to be hugely ironic where we are today, that in order to, to respect yourself, that to love music is to respect yourself. 
And I thought, is it not time that we got people to love music more in order for them to respect themselves now in 2022? Is that perhaps one of the messages we could learn from the late Dr. Shabalala? Yes, it's it, there's so much. I mean, uh, I get a sense that you, you have watched the film, right? Yes. And there's so much of it that was written in, in the 80s, in, 90, in the 70s, but it's so connected to now, you know? Yeah. Um, he, he, when he wrote um, Diamonds, parts of Diamonds on, on the soles of his shoes, mm. his line says, Amanto Mbazani, Amanje, which means women are so empowered to take care of themselves now and it's amazing and you look at the context of the current situation where women are like really feeling the power and they feel the presence and they're like you know what it's our time we're fighting this thing and we're going to make sure that we take care of ourselves and this guy said this like during I mean the years that men were still like I mean, not that it has changed. A but patriarchal society. Yes, you know, like, and this is a traditional Zulu man from the rural landscapes of Ladysmith, but he yeah. firmly, firmly believed in equality, even how uh, his wife, uh, the late one that passed away, influenced his music. He, he speaks about it, you know, openly, and how connected um, she was to the inception of Mambazo. So, so much of it is so current to to our current situation. While it's like archives that was like done in I don't even know which year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mpumi, thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations on a fascinating documentary. We wish you all the best. It is, in fact, the opening film at Encounters, is it not? Yes, it's the opening and. For Med Encounters, and people can be able to also go and watch it at Cinemax at uh, Kilani Mall on the 2nd of July at 7.30. They should buy tickets as soon as possible because yeah. already we heard that tickets are like starting to become a bit of an issue because people just want to watch it. And I'm then sure. also at Bioscope on the 29th of June at 6 p.m. Those tickets are like hen's teeth, guys. Go out and get them. That's Mpumi Mbele. He's the director of Music Is My Life. It's the story of the late Dr. Shabalala. And uh, you can go on the 3rd of, 23rd to the 3rd of July, 23rd of June to the 3rd of July is the Encounters Documentary Festival. The opening film at Encounters, there's going to be a gala opening at the Labia Theatre in Cape Town on Thursday the 23rd. 29th at Bioscope in Johannesburg and 2nd of July at Cine Centre in Kalani. Promises to be a great one. Go and watch it. There's some other great documentaries as well. So look out for that. It's 8.53. Michelle Constant on SAFM. We're going to close off the idea, the hour with um, a children's book that brought me such delight when I read it. It is called The Soweto Tea Party. And it was launched this Thursday, June the 16th in Johannesburg. The author is Dr. Nokotulo Mazibuka Msamang. And it, it's, it's a mixture of history, heritage, but also how we look at potentially teaching history and heritage to our young children. Dr. Mazibuka Msamang, thanks so much for joining us. Michelle, good morning and thank you for having me and for a wonderful show. I've been listening Thank you. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> yes. 
the, the Soweto Tea Party, explain it to our listeners, because as I say, it's this delightful mix of what we, what we can give to children who are very young and, and still get them to learn about our heritage. Yes, indeed, Michelle. It's a historical picture book for children, and it's actually based on, um, you know, my father, Fanya Namazibugo's life. Um, it's dedicated to my parents because, you know, uh, my father was under house arrest in the 70s and 80s, you know. Uh, he taught the generation of 76, um, and, you know, was a freedom fighter. He was arrested and put under house arrest. But what is interesting is that even though he was under house arrest, you know, he would keep his spirit up, keep our spirits up through hmm. telling us, you know, the stories of freedom, you know, telling us about Nelson Kholikata Mandela, you know, but also importantly playing us African music. And that's why it was so fascinating for me to listen to the previous interview about the music of Ubabu Ushabalala, because yep. in our home as well, music was everywhere, you know, the music of freedom. So he used the transformative power of you know, to help us as children just, you know, remain joyful, to remain hopeful, you know. So it's really just an ode uh, to my parents to say, even though, you know, the situation was not ideal, you know, we still had a magical childhood. You talk about a magical childhood, and I did wonder as I was reading it whether, in fact, um, Children, you had ever had any of those guests in your home? Because there's such a delightful selection of characters. I mean, renowned characters who come for the tea party. And I just like thought, is this totally all imagination? Or did you ever have something similar take place? (laughs) No, you know, it's not 100% imagination. Um, well, I've told you one of the, the, the people who uh, came to the who come in, who comes to the tea party in the book is uh, yeah. Nelson Kholifata Mandela, who was in Robben Island at the time. So he, he um, couldn't it wasn't come. Him. Um, no. <laughs> yes, but I won't tell you the, all the characters, but I'll tell you one more character in the book, and the character who actually uh, was a friend of my parents, and that is Oumamune Din Kordima. You know, yes. so she in real life um, was a friend of the family. So she comes to the Soweto Tea Party, I suppose, in real life, you know. Um, but I won't say much more. I won't say who are the other characters who make an appearance for that. People will have to, you know, go out and get the book. You know, one of the things about a great children's book, of course, is the illustrations, critical, or yeah. the images. You've really got some lovely, lovely uh, images for this particular book. Talk to us about that. Oh, Samantha Van Riet has done a marvelous job, you know. Um, and, you know, they, it, I think that's the other part of the story is that the illustrations are so, so beautiful, so, so emotional and magical, mm. you know. And, of course, when you are um, trying to illustrate real characters, you know, everybody knows what that Nelson Mandela uh, uh, looks like, you know. So I think there was a lot of pressure on Sam but also it was Utati Nelson Mandela, what he looked like in the 70s. And we don't have a lot of images because, mm. remember, we were not allowed to see his picture, you know. Yes. Um, so she really did a lot of research looking at old documentaries, looking at old pictures, but also using her imagination to imagine what Utata would have looked like, say, in his 60s. Because we saw him, you know, in his 40s and so on, and then as, as Utata coming out of Robben Island in the 70s, you know. 
So she had to really be, uh, you know, use her imagination. And of course, I had to share family photographs uh, with her so she could see, you know, what my father looks like and you know, what he all looks like. And I think she did a fantastic <laughs> job, Michelle. It's really, very, very beautiful. And I must tell you, my dad is actually listening to our interview uh, as we are talking. And yes. happy Father's Day to him and all the daddies out there. Ah, we say happy Father's Day, <laughs> Baba Fanyana, for sure. You have raised a gorgeous daughter and it must be that moment where you oh, put a little Michelle, crown yeah. on her right. head and uh, yes. put her hair and into little true, curls. And by the way, Ubaba oh. did uh, uh, do my hair, you know, because that was one of the benefits actually of him being under house arrest is that we then got to spend a lot of time with him, you know? So hence the music, you know, and uh, the doing of the hair and all of that, you know? So although it was a stressful situation, but then there was, you know, a silver lining at, at the end of that cloud, you know? So uh, just absolutely. really transforming a tricky situation and, uh, you know, making it livable and um, instilling resilience uh, and joy in us children. If ever there was a perfect book for us to talk about with regards to the um, to Father's Day, that book and your book is truly the one that seems absolutely perfect. I think all parents should to maybe uh, teach their children not just about our history, but about um, the absolute delight that a father can bring to his daughter. So, Dr. Mazibukum Samang, I want to say thank you very much for that. Thank you, Michelle. That's Dr. Nokutula Mazibuku-Msamang. She's the author of a delightful, delightful children's book called Soweto Tea Party. And as as I say, a really wonderful uh, introduction to her father, but also to the, the joy that fathers can bring their children. It's been published by New Africa Books, and you can get it at a variety of bookstores around the country. Nine o'clock, time for the news. Good morning.